Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you want to go on a journey, if you're skeptical, don't worry. Not here to preach, gonna keep it clean and talk miracles. Where faith meets laws of nature, get in touch with your creator. With a bacon loving Jew, she even speaks Hebrew. What's that got to do with it? What's that got to do with it? There's no separation in the talking transformation. What's that got to do with it? Well, hello. We are back for another What's God Got to Do With It episode, and I'm here with the amazing Ketrick Newell. Hello. Hello. So glad to have you here. Just to give you some context of how we ended up here, well, first of all, we are going to be having a series come up, and I knew that this interview had to come before the series because there's a story behind the story when we're talking about self-image and identity. How about I just tell how you and I met? How does that sound? Okay, and this will set this up. (laughs) If you heard my episode where I talked about where I was dipping my toes into Christianity and getting to know this guy called Jesus, I found out that there was an organization, a program, uh, an entity called the Teen Dream Center, um, and it was affiliated with Crosspoint. And actually, Ketrick, just tell us a little bit about what the Teen Dream Center does. Yeah, so we work with inner city kids. Uh, We started back in 2015 through Crosspoint, and it happened because I came out of our church moved down to the highest crime rate, highest poverty rate in Nashville at the time. A principal on a Sunday morning as I was speaking came up to me afterwards and said, hey, will you come to my school? And so I started going to the lunchrooms, hanging out with inner city kids, hanging out in the lunchroom. I was one of the only like white guys with this weird blonde streak in his hair. And they were like, who's this white guy hanging out and staying around? And eventually they started hanging out in the student ministry. And so within nine months, our student ministry became like 98% inner city. And it began to change my life because I didn't know what it looked like to live in poverty. I didn't know what it looked like to live in survival. And so I just started to realize, God, there's more that we can do. I don't know how to do that, but if you'll show me, we'll do it. Mm -hmm. 
and that's how it started. So it started in 2015 through Crosspoint, and we do mentorship, discipleship, and purpose. So we have, every kid gets a one-on-one mentor. We do discipleship, teach them about God, and then we have a purpose program and a coffee company through Frothy Monkey where our kids work and make $14 an hour, and they do different things to learn skills and opportunities that are ahead so that they can build what they need to build so that they can actually do life in the future. Wow. And and what really is the alternative for them? Like, just share a little bit about the lives that these kids are living each day. How old are they, first of all? And, and what are the lives and the, the homes and the neighborhoods that they're coming from? Yeah. So a lot of our kids, I mean, everywhere from, they're, they're sixth grade through 12th grade, but now we have our young adults involved in that 18 to 20-somethings as well now, just because when you're in the family, you're in the family. It's like, yeah. you're here. Every one of our kids that are in the program right now, are, um, their fathers don't live in the homes. And so with that comes a lot of things that where they live and where they come from and, and here in Nashville. And it's a really tough place to live for them. Absolutely. So I don't even remember how I found out about the Teen Dream Center, but I stumbled in and ended up volunteering there. And I was with you all for about a year. And I this was before I really knew Jesus. And I was just dipping my toes in. And every Wednesday, you know, they, they do certain types of curriculum, but then not every Wednesday, but some Wednesdays, they would split it up into the girls go over here and do enrichment for, for the ladies and the guys do their thing. And when we were broken up with the women, after words, I, I, something inside of me was like, my self-imaging work that I do would be so valid for these women to learn right now. And so I approached you and Dan and Allie at the time and said, hey, I, I would love to, you know, to contribute. And so you're like, okay, show me what you got. So I, I think I sent you like a PowerPoint yeah. or something like that. And like I said, we're setting this up now because you guys are going to start experiencing the, st- the series that we're going to be putting on starting next week. But I shared my, what were then called the five self-image ingredients. And basically you said to me, you were like, listen, Leanne, this is great, but this is all still coming from you and relying on you. And you're the one having to do all the doing. And I didn't get it. I was probably a little butt hurt too, because I was like, what is this? This is my life's work, brother. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Thanks for, you know, poking a hole in my dreams, right? right? But I didn't get it until I got it. And that's part of the revelation that came for me and seeing about this idea of doing life on my own, doing, trying to have experiences on my own, living on my own, doing it all myself, you know? And when I say all of it, I mean, not just life, but like my, my psyche, my spirit, even my spiritual awakening, I think I was still trying to human my way through. So that's why we're here to talk about this today. So first of all, before we dive into the meat of it, share your version of that or what you say about doing this on your own, everything through your own works, that side of it, because you say it so much more eloquently than I do. No, I, I mean, I think you said it well. I, I think the the big thing is, I don't remember even how I said it to you in the moment. I just remember thinking in my head of like, I got here in my own life on a strength that wasn't mine. And I've kind of lived in that reality. So it, it just makes sense to me of how I've come from dead to alive, if you will. And like, there's different words that we use in the church, but it's like, for me, I, I came alive. And in that, and understanding that for me, I instantly received something new. And that newness that I received didn't come from me. Yeah. And that newness was, for me, the Spirit of God. And that, that spirit came to live inside, and it made me holy, pure, complete. Yeah. 
I didn't have to do anything except receive that, right? And so that was Jesus paid something on the cross for me. He died on the cross, but he didn't just die for my sin. He did do that, but he emptied me of that, and then he filled me with something. That's the big key that I think a lot of people will go around going, Jesus, forgive me, or God, forgive me, and they pray these prayers even as they're trying to figure it out and not believe yet. And then, oh, I'll come back around when I feel better or good or I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to achieve it this time or do it better, then I'll come back around. And when that happens, you don't understand actually that you already are. Yeah. So when you receive him, you already become something you never could have been on your own. So you become pure, holy, righteous, complete. And nothing from that moment can make it dirty again, make you incomplete again, can make you any less holy. That's the big key, and that's the difference. But you have to understand that before, because if you don't, then you will just keep trying and trying and trying to gain something that's already yours, Yeah. right? Yeah, so many good distinctions within that. And the reason I really wanted to talk about this is because you don't get it until you get it. And sometimes Mm. you need to hear something certain ways or hear it 10,000 different ways. A couple things that you said that really stood out that I wanna dive into. One, you said receive, okay? And really, you know, when you think about things like we're gonna talk about self-acceptance and self-worth and and self-respect and all of those things, it's like, well, those things are great, but if I don't feel worthy of receiving them, it's like they're not even here, right? So the receivership side of it. But then also, what takes its place? What comes instead of what you gave up? And then, and again, people think like, well, I'll come back when I've done right, or I'll, I'll come back when I earn it, you know? And it's like, no, you just have it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. You just have it. It is there. It is yours mm-hmm. to receive. And again, brings us full circle back to this receivership, Yeah. right? So for people that might be struggling with that, they're like, wait a minute, I'm good. I'm righteous. I'm pure. I'm whole. I'm complete right now, Yes. but but what about this? And what about that? And mm-hmm. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to prove it. I don't have to do anything. Can you just speak into that? Yeah. Because I know conceptually that sounds great, but also conceptually that sounds, if you've been hustling for your worthiness or working or trying to prove or trying to show how good you are, please perform perfect, that sounds a little foreign. Yeah, I think there's a couple things. I think at the end of Genesis 2, The last sentence that is made is it says that Adam and Eve were naked and they felt no shame. Why did he use that word shame? Shame. There was none there. So when everything was perfect, when God made everything and said it is good, right? When he said those words and he finished it, he said there is no shame here. So I think he let them know like anything that is that, anything that is shame is not me. And so we get so caught up in and again, we can talk, and I'm sure you've talked about this, about the neurological stuff that you've talked about as well and neuroscience that works with that and so many different things as well. You can talk about that there's good shame, bad shame, right? toxic shame and good shame. What I would call that in the church is condemnation and conviction. Yes. So yeah. condemnation. one can serve you to move in a direction yeah. that serves you and one is just an endless pit. Absolutely. Because yeah. you know, condemnation makes you run from God. Yes. Conviction makes you run to him because you realize he's the answer to what you're actually struggling through. 
So that's the thing yeah. is anything that's making you shrink, anything that's making you feel like it's something you are yeah. instead of something I feel bad about what I did, which right and Brene Brown, all the people right. will tell you that's that that shame and guilt are two different things and, and you hear those words too. But condemnation will make you run from God. Conviction goes, I need God. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's understanding that. So anything that brings you shame, guilt, fear, any of that, and I mean the bad fear of like, I'm going to be punished because I'm not good enough. Yeah. Anything that makes you want to run from and shrink and hide, that is not God's voice yeah. in the process. And that is no good to the kingdom because it will not make you become who you're actually meant to be because you're not the things that you do. When you come into a relationship with Jesus, it's more like there's things bolted to you that you're trying to get away from you and work through. And when you receive Jesus, all those things fall off. But sometimes in our actions, in our old thinking, because renewal of the mind has to happen through Romans 12, 1 and 2, right? Neuroplasticity of changing the brain, all these things that we didn't learn until like the 1980s that our brains could even change. Scripture's been talking about it for all this time that it actually can change. But when you understand that what's happened to you or what you're doing is, is an opportunity for you to screw that thing back on, now you have the power to go, nope, that's not me. It's something trying to get bolted to me. I'm not what I do anymore. I'm what he has done. And that is now my identity from here until I get to the other side. Such a massive distinction because within the realm of shame and you're, you're, first of all, the neuroscience that I understood before I met Jesus is what made it all made sense. I'm like, oh my gosh, this so aligns, right? Oh, yeah. And there really, there is a neurobiology of shame, which we're going to talk about in next week's episode. But really, when you think about that contraction, when you are, you know, running away from, when you mm -hmm. feel, and it, you know, some people think conviction is condemnation and they, and they flip those two around, right? Yes. The condemnation is what makes you feel that toxic shame you feel like maybe you are something to be a, a secret about or, or to keep a secret or you run away, you hide, you feel that shame blanket that feels like a burden. You, you actually physiologically shrink, right? Versus that conviction is almost like this little wiggle in your ear saying like, I'm not down with this, but I want to step into my light. I want to step into God's view of me. And it's a running towards process. I love that distinction, running away from versus running towards. Well, and I think all of us have learned that in some sort of way, whether it means growing up, that the punishment paradigm is I'm going to put you by yourself somewhere else. Yeah. My job is to right. punish you. That's not the truth. Yeah. Like Jesus's job was to show you that the Old Testament was to control you from the outside in. Absolutely. The New Testament of what Jesus did is, I want to teach you that you can be tr controlled from the inside out. Mm. And that's the difference. Yeah. And it's always an invite. Yeah. It's never a, you must do this right. because I tell you, because true love is a choice. It is not something that I put upon you. You're about to get married. You know this. If someone said, you're going to marry them because I tell you, that was not your choice and that's not love. Love is actually me choosing with my own will that I want to participate. And that's what we get to do with Jesus saying, Jesus, come, make your home in me, and now let transformation happen from the inside out. But there's a process of renewal. Your soul is not brand new. Yeah. 
Your spirit is. It's pure, holy, complete. Your soul has to be renewed by the renewing of your mind. And once your mind is renewed through the truth, then your, your, your body and, and, and soul will follow your new spirit. And that's the process. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Okay, this Jesus make a new home in me or make a home in me. I, I really want to follow that thread because what, what you said a minute ago, that really connects the dots because we talk about this idea where you said the shame that's not coming from him. It's self-created. We are the one putting that shame blanket over us. That, that shame is not from him. And then you talk about this concept of Jesus, build a home in me. You know, And so that being this new restored identity, right? And when you have that restored identity, it becomes almost this bubble of resilience where you now see the truth with the capital T versus the truth that you are telling yourself that feels true at the time, but it's not God's view of you, right? And that only comes from renewing the mind, renewing the spirit, all of that. So talk about this idea of building a new identity and allowing Jesus to build a new home within you, because I love the way you said that. One of the things that I think what we get mixed up in the church a lot of times is just the whole works Based thing. So we think, oh, I need to read the Bible to be a good Christian. I need to read the Bible to get God to love me. I need to read the Bible to do these things. Well, that would be exactly what the enemy would want you to use the Bible for, is to try to get the Bible to give you something and get you to believe that you don't already have it. Yeah. It's what he told Adam and Eve in the garden. And he said that if you do this, then you will be, you will, know, you will be like God, mm. right? In Genesis 3. 
If you do this, then you will be. Well, that's what he's doing with the Bible. If you read this, then you will be. Well, he's using that same trick on us by telling us to read the Bible to get God to love us. And if you don't sit in a place of knowing you're already loved, you're actually reading the Bible for the whole wrong reasons. We read the Bible to already know that he loves us, but you read it so that you can renew the mind because the Bible doesn't say that your opinions will set you free. It doesn't say your past will set you free. It doesn't say the thing that mom said will set you free or the family member or what happened to you when you were a kid will set you free. It says it's my truth that sets you free. And so we're reading it to gain wisdom to become who we already are so we can renew our soul, so we can walk in who we've always were supposed to be. And so that's the process. And so don't read the Bible to get God to love you. He already does. He loves you if you're still in the middle of questioning. He loves you if you're still trying to figure it out. He loved you when you were sitting at TDC at the Teen Dream Center hanging out. I could see his love on you. I, I knew he loved you. And I wasn't saying any of those things to, to go whatever. I was so glad you were there. And it was so awesome to watch your transformation as you were learning and growing and saying, Jesus is my bestie. This Jesus is my friend. Jesus is this. And, and watching you walk it out, it was such a beautiful dating before marriage that was so beautiful from the outside to watch. And I was going, I'm not getting in the way of this. Mm -hmm. It's not my job to get in the way of that relationship with you and him. You need to follow that all the way to the, to the end because once you do and you receive it, you will know if you have peace or not. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Yeah. When I talk to so many people, at the end of the day, I don't get into arguments about things. I just ask them, when you lay your head down on the pillow at nighttime, is how you're living your life, does it bring you peace? And if it doesn't, abandon it until you find peace. Because I believe that Jesus is the only thing that will give it. And it can't be duplicated. There's nothing else that will give peace. That is the litmus test. That is the final analogy to go, this is what I know is to be true because I do have peace. And the thing is, some people have peace for a season. It'll go away then abandon it. Go find what it is. I have many conversations. It's not my job to try to change them. It's not my job to debate them. It's my job to say, great, if you got peace, run after it. And if you don't, abandon it and go find peace because you deserve it. Jesus died on the cross to give you peace. Wow. Wow. First of all, thank you for all that you just said. And it's interesting because you said that you watched me at TDC, and this is obviously before I knew the love of the Lord, and you were like, I knew he loved you. But what came to mind was, I didn't know that he loved me yet. If somebody said to me, hey, Leanne, what happened in between when you didn't feel love versus when you do feel love, or when you didn't feel worthy of receiving love versus when you do? my spirit had to kind of do its own thing. It had to learn how to receive because receivership wasn't ingrained and wired in my brain. In fact, the opposite of it was, I was here's all the reasons why I'm not worthy of receiving love. Here's all the reasons why I haven't earned it yet. But just receiving it, it was a process. And, and part of it was a truth that I had to hear over and over again of Leanne, you don't have to earn it, it's yours. You know, And it takes faith to have that faith, to step out on that. But this idea of you are already loved, you are already known, you are already seen. Can you, again, for people that are just hearing that and they're like, yeah, maybe that's true for you, but that's not true for me. What is the blind spot there? If you were to guess, like, what would you say to somebody who's like, I just, I don't know how to feel, like logically it makes sense, but how do I feel love? I call it the paradox of worthiness, right? How do you feel worthy when you don't feel worthy? 
it's wild that between zero and two are the most crucial times of your life. The love you receive between zero and two matter more than any of your lifespan, right? Like it's proven. Why? Because from zero to two, you can do nothing for your parent. Nothing. Yeah, and they just love you. Do you know how much I've loved my eight, five, and three-year-old from zero to two? Do you know I wiped their booties because they couldn't? We fed them because they couldn't. We did all the things for them. We paid the bills. They can't, they can't pay rent. They can't do any of those things. And every day that I would hold my babies, my baby boys, I would watch them grow and I would fall more in love with them, not because they could do one thing for me. They couldn't even say that they love me. And even in that, my love for them grew. The moment that my wife had Valor, our firstborn, and he was laid on her chest, that I, it, it, I cried because it was this amazing love that you have for something that can do nothing for you, but somehow it is supernatural. And that is exactly where we have to go back to because some of us were never loved the way we were needed to be loved by the humans in our life. So all we've heard from a really young age are these things of what we're not because they didn't know. They didn't know. They were passed down some things and they didn't know how to do it. And so for a lot of us from zero to two, we don't even know what happened in that time for a lot of us. But I think a lot of times it comes from those moments where there's just all kinds of gaps. But the great thing is, is that Jesus is the best gap filler. He fills in all of those gaps where, where our families missed it. They were doing the best with what they could. And Jesus just has a way of, even through our mentors and the people in our lives that have loved us even through that and our relationships growing up, all of those things, there's still these gaps that we're sitting back and going, I don't have peace yet because I still have things that I'm missing. Mm. And that's what Jesus comes to give. Not just forgiveness of sin, yes. Yes, a place to go when you die, yes. All of that's true. But to fill you to the full, with everything you needed that no one else could give you because they were broken too. That's what you get. Yeah, and as you say that, it's like that really was the story I had to try on. I had to meet myself in like, okay, Leanne, just try on this story where you have a heavenly father that is here to fill in all those gaps that you didn't know you didn't know you needed or wanted. And like, what if, again, just try this on, you don't have to do a thing. You just get that love because you are. Yeah. And because you're his. And that's where that childlike faith comes in. Because again, a zero to two year old or however old you are when you don't have the consciousness to, you know, actively choose and make decisions and all the things, you, you're not earning and hustling the lo- for the love. It's just there. It's given to you so freely, right? With pleasure, with love, with a cherry on top, right? So again, if you are in those shoes of like, okay, I get it. Logically, I'm loved, but I don't feel it. It's a trying on process and the renewing of the mind doesn't necessarily happen overnight. Sometimes it's expedient and sometimes it's not. But if you keep chasing after it and you keep searching for it and again, at like prove yourself wrong or prove yourself right, whichever way you look at it, 
that you are lovable. Look for the reasons. Look for Jesus, for your heavenly Father to fill in those gaps, and you'll find them. You know, and again, what you said about is it giving me peace? So the story that you're telling yourself about your lovability or your worthiness right now, is it giving you peace or is it taking peace away from you? Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's why it's like try on this alternative ending to your story. Or really, it's a beginning, right? Try it on and see how it feels. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. So let's move into the identity conversation around, you know, we we talked about these self-image ingredients, right? And we talked about, you know, trying to do it through our own strength. So what is the alternative? So by the way, spoiler alert, and we're going to talk all about the neurobiology of shame and all of these self-image ingredients as they look through the picture of, of the picture of God. But when it comes to this idea of filling up your own cup with self-acceptance and self-love and all of that, and we had Corey Trimble on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about how nowadays people are, there's this hyperinflation of self as the epitome of what people are chasing after, mm-hmm. right? The the era of the selfies and all of that. But also, it, you know, it comes to thinking about yourselves and, and, you know, trying to get likes and all the things. But then also when it comes to, and personal de- development can be great, but a, a lot of times it's also reliant on self, right? A lot of times it's called self-development, right? Mm-hmm. So where can we meet ourselves in the middle of, because part of it too is like, 
not just handing it over to God and say, hey, show me miracles. I'm not going to do the work. I'm going to sit back. It's like, no, we have to take radical ownership and take intelligent action as well. And so there is the self piece of the puzzle, but then it's allowing God to come in and really do the heavy lifting. So can you talk to us a little bit about your version of that intersection? Yeah, there's always cooperation. So that's the thing that I think people are waiting on. Like sometimes people are just like, well, if God wanted to, he would just come and I would have this this spiritual moment. And sometimes people do. And so we hear about these moments and that's that's totally cool. Sometimes it's an instant moment that takes place. And that's what I would call a miracle. A miracle is something that is outside of space and time and someone instantly gets healed from that thing. And I've seen it happen and it's real. But a lot of times it's less about a miracle and more uh, like a healing, that it's a process. And it's an active process. And it's an active process that he will only go where you are ready to go. So if you don't want to give it up, he's not going to be the angry dad at the dinner table grabbing your plate and throwing it in the sink. He's going to go, hey, I'll let you do that. I, I don't want you to do that. I've got better things for you, but I will, I will sit and wait because I'm patient because I want fully you, not you reluctant or you, you know, yeah. any other way. And it's hard for us to realize that. Like on my good days of, of taking care of my kids, like there will be moments where Valor or one of our kids will throw a fit or whatever it is. And on my good days, I will sit back and let that happen and then say, hey, I would love to talk to you. I have some things to say about that. I would love to have a conversation with you about that when you're ready and allow him to calm down and then be ready. And that's like for the Lord is like, you can keep going around this circle and doing the thing again and going, maybe this time it'll be different and sanity. Well, we know, but at some point he's still there. He's waiting, he's waiting. And if I remember, did we read the father's letter? Yeah. yeah. And the last line of the father's letter at TDC one night that you read was, I'm waiting. That's the line at the end of that, that. And I remember you saying that that impacted you. That's so crazy. Yeah, I'm just remembering this. I remember this that. Yes, you're spot because on. Because the last line <laughs> yeah. was, I'm waiting for you. Yeah. And that's so it. And he, sometimes you just need a line like that that yeah. speaks to you. I'm waiting for you yeah. is what spoke to me in those moments. Well, and and that's that's it. That So it's, it's being okay. Your role is participation in whatever way that that, is, that makes sense for you. And you knowing I'm going to have to make some changes is participation. You sometimes sitting and going, I'm not sure yet, is participation. It's just taking an active role, I think, in whatever realm that you're in right now. But he will not come in and take it from you. He's always inviting. He's never going to take over your will. He's never going to violate you. He's, he's a gentleman. He's not going to do that. And so he's always saying, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm willing. I've proven that through what I've done, sending my son to the cross. I'm, I'm ready and willing. My answer's always been yes. Yeah. But I have to have your participation yeah. because if I don't, I'm violating you and I will never, ever violate you. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Even just a lot of times I hear people say, like, I'm waiting for God, too. And it's like, no, he's like, I'm here and I'm waiting. And, you know, you think about filling in the blank of like, what are you waiting for? And for me, it was like, I'm waiting for you to surrender. I'm waiting for you to stop trying to do it all on your own. I'm waiting for you to let me come in and and help you. So let me say this. I think it can be for you in that moment because you were such a driven person. 
God was waiting on you. But sometimes we're waiting on God in some ways, right? Right. And that's a good thing to pray because the best thing you could pray out of this, well, there's two things I think you could pray out of a conversation like this, whether you're trying to figure it out or you're in the middle. One thing you can pray is, God, help me unlearn anything I've learned that's not from you. Mm Whatever you picked it up, however you picked it up, if it wasn't from him, because it's like if, if someone in my family was to say, my, say my kids were to, or my wife was to go tell someone that I said something that I didn't say, yeah. it'd be very frustrating, right? right? It's the same way God feels when he goes, oh, well, God said this or God did that, but we've never actually met with him to actually know what he says. Yeah. And so sometimes we, we need to hear it from him first. Yeah. And the good thing you can pray is, God, help me unlearn anything I've learned that's not from you so that I can actually hear it from you. And then the other thing to pray is, God, am I waiting on you or are you waiting on me? Such a good question. Such those a are, good prayer. Those yeah. are great. That's the best prayer you can pray because then you'll know I'm in neutral and need to put into drive. Or, no, this is just a season of waiting. And I can tell you in my life how many seasons I've been in waiting, waiting on the Lord and how many times I was praying and using it as an excuse to not do the thing God wanted me to do, and he was actually waiting on me. So as you were saying this, you know, one thing that came to my mind was this idea of even just viewing this conversation through our human eyes, but then also needing spiritual eyes to really receive this. And part of it is the only like the transformation occurs when you take on these spiritual eyes so again for these action takers these high level thinkers success driven people very logic seeking people what do you say about putting on spiritual eyes in that process and just again i know it's a surrender process and it's faith you know but like in your version of what it would it look like to look through the spiritual lens of this conversation of receiving love receiving worthiness some people just have the go like, I got to go. I'm go set ready, right? Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm taking off. I'm going to make it happen. I've always made it happen. I'm the type of person that's never going to quit. I'm, you can't get me down. Everything's, you know, half, it's, it's half full and even more. It's always that. And, and you pride yourself on never quitting. And the thing that you have to get to the end of yourself with is to decide, is it working? Again, going back to that thing. But realizing that the whole thing of faith is you'll spend your life surrendering more than you'll actually spend your life doing. Mm, It's surrendering your own mindset. It's surrendering to someone that's bigger than you, that's greater than you, that loves you. Like all of these things, it's a surrender and surrender so hard. Mm. But that, that is the biggest thing is somehow going, I don't know how. That could be the great place to start. I don't know how to surrender. Because even that verse that says that God knows what we need before we ask, that always just make me so mad because I'm like, if he knows, why am I having to ask? But what I realize is that verse is saying is, God, you know what I don't know. Will you make me aware of what I need to know? And that's a great thing. If you don't know how to surrender, there's the prayer. Right. I don't know how to yeah. surrender. Show me I've what never that looks surrendered. Like. I've used my entire life to perform. What do you mean my performance isn't going to work? It doesn't mean it doesn't work. It just needs to be put in the right perspective. I'm telling you, you and I have done freedom prayer. In my freedom prayer, my first three freedom prayers that I did, the conversation at some point in my freedom prayer was, hey, Ketrick, could we ask the Lord if we could put your performance over to the side and just thank it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that may sound weird for some of you that are believers yeah. or whatever. Trust me, it's an amazing thing, and it's awesome. And But for three prayer times, I was not ready to give up performance. Yeah. 
So every time, the Lord had to remove it out of the way for me to deal with some things that he wanted to deal with. It wasn't until my fourth freedom prayer that I was actually ready to what I used as a defense was performance all of my life. For sure. So when I was able to set that down as performance and say, this has been the thing that's defended me all my life, but it's not working yeah. because my performance in that season of life this last year, if you would have known me a year ago from, from this podcast, I had anxiety out the roof because my performance wasn't working anymore. Mm-hmm. And I had to come to the end of myself. It didn't mean I wasn't a believer. It just meant I was using performance to defend my life instead of allowing Jesus to be my defender. Yeah. And once I gave that away, he then showed me where that started, where the root of it was, yeah. where it started in my life way back when I was a kid, when I didn't even know that the enemy was there, that he existed. He showed me where it was. And then from there, he gave me some things that I needed when I was 10. He grew me up. Yeah. That's what happens yeah. for all of us. There's this little kid in us. Yeah. There's a little girl in you and a little boy in me that got stunted way back here in some way because we traded that, that lie for a truth. Yeah. And then that little kid, even though I grew in age, was still in me. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was able to allow Jesus into that place that he grew me to the age that I am today. Wow. And that's what happens. But you have to get to a place of going... I'm trying to defend my life with this. I have all my life. And it's worked. Listen, I need you to understand. It's okay. It's worked really well until it doesn't. doesn't. And if it doesn't, then don't defend it anymore. Go find what it is that actually works. And what I feel like I found is Jesus. Wow. And that in itself was such a surrender. And it's a full circle story because when we are in that performance, perfecting, pleasing mindset, it becomes an identity. It's like, oh, I'll show the world how smart I am, how capable I am, how funny I am, what a great performer I am. And it becomes our identity. And that becomes rooted so much more deeply than the true identity being embedded in Christ. And everything, whatever we surrender to, Everything about that, everything else can be taken from us. Mm. Yeah, Jesus yes. is the only thing we can surrender to that can't be taken from us, Absolutely. and that's the security. Is everything else the things you just you just you just named off? They can all be taken from yeah. me. And what does it look like to be secure? It looks like putting your hope and your identity in something that can't be taken from you. Yeah. And when we when we add up that list, a lot of us, a lot of our security, our our worth is is external. Oh, it, ta- it can be taken away guilty. in a moment. You guilty. Know? Wow. So now you see why I wanted Ketrick to come on here. Um, and there's so much more goodness within him that we're going to have you back on future episodes. But beyond the scope of this worthiness identity conversation, just share a little bit about who you are and what you're purposeful about and then also where people can find you. Yeah. So obviously uh, I started the Teen Dream Center and that's what I do. I'm the director there and the founder of the Teen Dream Center and the pastor there. But also I travel and speak. And so I've traveled. You can go to Ketrick.tv and I travel at youth events, camps, retreats, Churches, uh, big church, I still call it, even though these days, um, but I travel around and do events and all of those things as well. Amazing. Well, you, we'll have him back. He's on the Spiritual Advisory Committee here on What's God Got to Do With It or the God Pod. So um, everything has to go through the Ketrick filter from now on. I'm just calling it out. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here. Signing off here for What's God Got to Do With It, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 
We'll be back with more What's God Got to Do With It. But in the meantime, I would definitely love to hear from you. So just tell me where you are in your story or maybe what questions you have. Like, where do you feel you need clarity or support or wisdom in your own journey? I definitely want to hear from you. So head on over to whatsgodgottodowithit.com and scroll down to the form to share your thoughts, your questions, your feedback, and you can do that instantly. So whatsgodgottodowithit.com, you'll find all the ways to do that. And if you like this podcast and want to hear more, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to get your weekly dose of What's God Got to Do With It. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review to show your support. It really means so much. What's God Got to Do With It is an iHeartRadio podcast on the Amy Brown Podcast Network. It's written and hosted by me, Leanne Ellington. Executive produced by Elizabeth Fazio. Post-production and editing by Houston Tilly. And original music written by Cheryl Stark and produced by Adam Stark. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.